Jason Juan, and we are Cornerstone Community Church in Las Vegas Pastors. This is our podcast to encourage one another in Cornerstone to be churchmen and to help us think through churchmen activity. And we defined churchmen as believers who love Christ and are responsibly engaged faithfully with the body of Christ. Is that fair? Yeah, great yeah. definition. Yeah, I think in short, faithful disciple makers, disciples of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yes, and I, that, that word encapsulates uh, much of what we are missing in this Christian culture today. We need churchmen, and actually that's what Cornerstone is about. We're about making disciples who are faithful churchmen. Amen. Not just attenders, right? Yeah, we want disciple-making disciple-makers. Yep. Yeah, it's not just Gino and I's job. Amen. It's all of our job. Amen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I would love it if, right, we always had a church of disciple makers. Yeah, I think, um, you know, a lot of times disciple making is simply equated to evangelism. Yes. But we forget that there's a spectrum of people in the chain of God's working, right? Yes. There's the unbeliever, there's the new believer, there's, you know what I mean? There's yes. just so many people that need discipleship from unbelief to becoming a mature believer, churchman, disciple of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. Titus 2. Yes. Yeah, that, that Titus 2 passage, uh, if ever there was a passage that addressed it, right? Titus Titus 2. Uh, remember Sal, who used to be a part of us, uh, always Loved the Titus 2 discussion, but... Um, he went out from us? He did. <laughs> to Arizona. We still love him. He's, he actually lives now in the town where my grandma lives. Nice. So I need to go down and visit Sal and my grandma. Uh, probably need to go visit grandma before I say hi to Sal. But, <laughs> um, but Titus 2.1, But as for you, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, uh, the idea is sound in love, in perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good, so that they may encourage the young women. And there's your disciple-making. Older women to younger women, to encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Verse 5, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God may not be dishonored. Likewise, urge the young men, right? That urge, that's that disciple-making. Older men are disciple-making, younger men as well. Urge the young men to be sensible. And so we want sensible churchmen, right? We want older, I mean, that, and that word sensible is there for both the women and the men. In all things, show yourself to be examples of good deeds, purity in doctrine, dignified, sound in speech, which is, beyond reproach, so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. And, uh, right, that, that is the disciple-making process. Yeah, and I love this because we, we went over this as a church a while back, and that keyword there, sensible, really encapsulates the entire passage there. To be sensible, balanced uh, men. Yes. What you say? Yes, sophronia. Sof sophroneo. Sophroneo. Okay. Sophroneo. Which is weird because sophomores are not sensible. Mm. Yeah, if ever if ever you think that I was trying to say sophomore. Mm. Yeah, I remember when I was a sophomore, not sensible. <laughs> nope. 
But the, the Greek word is to be of sound mind, to be reasonable, sensible, uh, serious, keep one's head. And that, that word serious too. I remember when somebody said, well, you can't joke. You got to be sensible. No, that's not what that's saying. It's okay. Hmm. There's a time for laughter and a time for being serious. Hmm. But sensible, right? Thinking rightfully about really everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and not 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 going to not straying to the left, straying to the 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 right, but being wise, not foolish men. Yes. Yeah, and a sensible man understands the church. Yes. And so, in part, in in the first podcast, in our first podcast, we did we asked the question, and the question we asked was, "How do I prepare for corporate worship?" And just to summarize the first podcast, we answered that question by saying. We started to answer the question. We haven't finished answering the question. And so the, the question is, how do I prepare for corporate worship? And that's a fair question, right? Because even guys will come and say, hey, how do I, how do I make sure my family is going to get there on time? Well, they're asking that question. Hey, mm-hmm. how, what, what do we need to do to prepare? And the first thing we said is that you have to mentally prepare. And you have to, you have to tell yourself, you got to prepare. So, you know, the first thing you're doing is you're, you're mentally ready to sing, you're ready to give financially to the offering. You're ready to listen and engage the sermon. You're ready to do communion. And so we answered all those questions on the first podcast. But now this, now we didn't finish answering the question. So here in part two, we are going to finish answering the question, what do I need to do to prepare for corporate worship? And I believe we even said at the end of last, at the first podcast, that this next answer is probably one of the most underrated, overlooked aspects of corporate worship on a Sunday morning. And you gave us a clue as to what it was. and It's everyone. Everyone, okay. Yeah, it is that you think about Sunday morning, you are not going to be there by yourself. And that is the mentality that we typically have. I'm going to go to church and I'm going to engage with God and go home. Yep. But that's wrong. It is a body. And the body is believers, other human beings. Mm. And I, it's so weird because it's such an obvious answer. Right? Yeah. It, I think we assume that, but for some reason it doesn't click with our models maybe. Cause I mean, we, right. we, we go to church. I mean, we have friendships, but I don't know if people know what to do specifically. Right. So, so you're going to help us out today. Well, hopefully we, you, you, yeah, we, we are going to, <laughs> we are going to answer this because I, that is a huge part of corporate worship. It is. It is. I, honestly, when you start to realize, wow, it's not just me there by myself with the Lord. Right. And when you kind of stop distilling corporate worship down just to, did I make the sermon on time? Hmm. And you say, okay, part of worship is, is the one and others. Okay. So now those human beings in the building become very important. Yeah. So now I don't want to be there 30 seconds before the call to worship. Mm-hmm. I want to be there as early as I can to talk to other people. Well, talk about what though? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, but I think first, I, I think we, we want to answer that question. But, but I do think, right, there's a part of me that's got to go in on Sunday morning saying, hey, these other people are a part of my corporate worship. Mm-hmm. 
right? And so if, if that's your involvement, if that's your mentality, then you want to be there early and possibly be there late. See, even the dog agrees. <laughs> she is excited about that answer. She says, there's other people you can hear in the background. That's Sabine, my lab. She's fun. Oh, she's, she's, she's mad at somebody. Well, I don't know what she, it's probably Isaac. Nope, he's reading. I was kidding. He was reading in the first podcast. He's reading in the second podcast. Okay, so everyone matters, right? And so I want to engage others. Hmm. And if I'm thinking along those lines, then to me, corporate worship on Sunday morning is not just from 1030 to noon. Corporate worship is from the moment the doors open until I go home. Mm, okay. I, I do like how you said that. Everyone matters. Yes. Everyone matters. So what does that mean for individuals? Yeah, I think that means that every human being in there is important to me. Mm, okay. Now, it doesn't mean that I have to talk to every human being that morning. It doesn't mean that I've got to make sure I have every human being's prayer request in there that morning. It just means I'm going to attempt my best to serve whoever I can that morning in a way that honors God. I like it because I think um, what the extrovert or the introvert just heard was go be a chatty Kathy. Mm. And that's not what we're saying. Yeah. Right. What we're trying to say is make yourself available to those people. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it would behoove you to not get to you know to try to, to to try to serve the body, yeah. Yet not put in the work to know people. Yes. You wouldn't be much use to people. Right. Okay. Well, and if if the church, the church is an assembly, but the church is also a relationship between one another. Mm-hmm. So if if I think of the church as a as an event then I maybe show up with event mentality. We talked about that in the last podcast. But if I show up thinking I have responsibilities to worship the Lord, then I look at people and say, I have a responsibility to them, Lord, to love them and to encourage them and to minister to them. Mm. So now, right, how do you do that? Mm -hmm. That's a million-dollar answer. Yes. um, I don't think anybody's going to give us a million dollars for it. (laughs) Yeah, so there's principles involved here, obviously, because it's not going to... And I think where people think wrongly about this is is that it has to look exactly like somebody else's way of doing it. Yes. Like, I can't be you. No, no I mean, yeah, I no, think... Nobody wants to. Right, well, I, yeah. you know, you're, you're, you can talk about anything. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> maybe a gift and a curse at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, uh, um, you know, what do you do when, you know, you're not able to do... To, to to talk like that or to yeah. engage that way. Like, yeah. you know, how do you caringly serve others? I think this is, by the way, I, we can't say everything on this topic in of this course. podcast. So uh, I would like to caveat that I do believe the one another's is going to be a major aspect of these. Mm. So what if we, what if we curtail the question to, what if, what if we pinpoint those questions down a little bit? Okay. So like maybe in my preparation, um, maybe what I'm going to do in my scheduling of life is start 
by blocking out Sunday morning so that there's nothing before church in my schedule. And I am not free to do anything else until like three or four in the afternoon. Oh, that's, uh, that's, is that asking a lot? Is that uh... maybe, but so that's the thing, right? If you, if you block out that time, then you're freer to go to lunch with people to hang around later and have a conversation. Right. But if you schedule lunch at 1230 with the Joneses, and I, I love the Joneses too, but mm-hmm. we don't have a Jones in our family. No. Church, okay. Um, but, but right. If I schedule at 1230, then I'm out the door and then I tell myself, well, I really don't have time to get to know people, but you did. You just chose to do something different with your time. I make that's fair. Yeah. And if I'm in a small church, it's way easier to go have lunch with people. Yes. Yeah. And if finances is an issue, then bring sandwiches and ask somebody to meet you at a park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause then you can eat your sandwiches or whatever you brought from home and they can go grab a habit burger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not in and out. Yeah, this is assuming people, you know, are able to do this on a Sunday. Right. Because some people can't. Right. And that's fair, right? People yes. work. Yes. People have to be somewhere regularly uh, after church or yes. before church on Sunday or they're, they're coming off of work. Yes. Graveyard shift. We live in a 24-7 town. Yes. And so, you know, that's a good start, blocking off Sunday. But if that's yeah. not your day, yeah, then you might want to consider another day. Is that, yeah. is that fair? Yeah, or, I think that's fair. I, I would. I'm just thinking about the people listening in saying, well, that's not possible. Yeah. You know. Well, I, I usually am always the guy that's weird, and I think it is probably more possible than you think. Mm-hmm. Be the kind of person that finds solutions to get this answer than the kind of person that just says, oh, hey, this little roadblock, this little hindrance is a roadblock, and I can't do it. No reason to pursue it. Mm-hmm. Now, is there a reason why you would suggest Sunday over any other day? Well, I'm just thinking in general the corporate gathering. Okay. But, right, so, you know, you take that scenario, and Johnny – you know, has to, has to work his job at one o'clock and he's, he's right as the church service ends, he's jetting it out to there. Well, I'm showing up early and I'm asking a couple of people, Hey, listen, um, I have to jet out to work right after this. Can I have your number? Could we maybe talk and can we have you over for dinner some point so that we could get to know you? Mm. Yeah. So I'm still going to find an answer that overcomes that, that doesn't allow the hardship or the circumstance to be a roadblock. Instead, that's a hurdle. Right. And we're going to jump that hurdle and we're going to, we're going to keep going. Mm -hmm. You almost have to, um, I think maybe step one, you know, block off Sunday, but also evaluate your life. Yes. And every, every family is different. Everybody has a, a certain dynamic. I think understanding your dynamic, right. So that, you know, the kind of roadblocks your family specifically has. Yes. Right, everyone has our own kind of roadblocks, yes, hurdles, and and we just need to think about them specifically and find ways around them. Is what you're saying? Yes, yeah. To look at the roadblock and say this is a hurdle. Yes. What 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 do I need to do to make this a hurdle? But you do have to evaluate it. I mean, yes. like if you just kind of, I think where people might not be able to see it, it might be their blind spot, and so like they're yes. not able to see the roadblock. You have to almost like honestly review the, the the time that you spend in the week, right? Yes. 
Yeah, you, you. I mean, really, it comes down to your scheduling. I think, I mean, if I'm being honest, what I want is I want to show up on Sunday. I want to have rolled out of bed. I want to get my, man, I would, I would love. McDonald's breakfast sandwich every Sunday, but it's like, I know I can't do that. <laughs> my weight, I, my metabolism is not good enough for that. So, right. I would want to roll out, have my McDonald's show up to church and have a hundred people come up to me and be like, let's go have lunch today. Mm-hmm. And I would want to do no work. Mm-hmm. I would just want to, I would just want to have these things produce themselves without no labor on my part. Mm. The problem is that's actually not reality. Right. Yeah. You actually take some work to get there. Yeah. I, I think that's the thing we've, we've suggested to people, look at the people in your church and tell yourself they are my friends and then go cultivate the friendship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have to be super close to everybody in the church, mm-hmm. but you should have two or three minimum other people in the church that you're getting close to. And those people should be close enough to you to tell you, Hey, you're right or you're wrong. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um, you know, we we do tend to gravitate towards those who are like us. Yes. Uh, same interests, things like that. Um, how do you help the how do you help the introvert? Like is that just all planning? Like do yeah. they have to Well, I think the introvert, right? I'm actually way more introverted than I think people realize. And so even for me, you have to kind of say, look, I'm not doing this. I don't need to be a chatty Kathy. Let me go get to know a couple people. And so mm. those, those those questions that I ask every now and then, when you leave corporate worship, do you love Christ better? Do you know how to serve other people better? Do you know how to pray for other people better? And did you pick up trash, right? Pick up your trash. Mm. I mean, you made the trash, pick up the trash. But, right, I mean, in order to know how to pray for people better, it requires engaging them to know if there's ways to serve other people in the congregation that we get inquires engage in them. So for me, it's even, and an introvert can do this, introduce yourself, right? I think we even broke down this topic. How, because I think there's two answers. How do you engage people on Sunday when you don't know anybody? And how do you engage people on Sunday when you do know people? And for the introvert, the, the reality is, look, go get to know people. Stop telling yourself, other people are thinking this about you. I think a lot of introverts tell themselves, well, people are thinking this about me. Not everybody, but some of them quit thinking like that. It's not helpful. It's not even, honestly, it's not even loving. Like assume they're, assume they're thinking the best of you. Go introduce yourself, get to know them, talk to them, engage them and, and become interested in who they are. That's helpful because, you know, I think just going into it, Playing the long game. Yes. You, you're not going to do this over one Sunday. Right, exactly. You, you have to be in it with the mentality of it's going to be a while before we develop the kind of friendships I would like. Yes. And it takes investment and hard work. And you almost have to say that's how I'm going to, that's part of my worship and that's part of my honoring God. Yeah. And it's going to be harder for others than people who are maybe more naturally gifted that way. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, honestly, you just said that that was awesome. Like it's not, you're not, it's not a one Sunday thing. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're rarely do you meet somebody on Sunday and you walk away knowing everything about them mm-hmm. and you're like long lost best friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes it happens, but rarely does that happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Friendship takes time. It does. Yeah. It, and it takes knowing that 
you know, you, you have to be in it for the long game. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, because yeah. you're going to walk in life with him. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Lord willing, all things being somewhat normal, mm-hmm. you're you're going to spend many weeks with these people, and you don't have to know everything about them up front. They don't have to know everything about you up front. Mm. Maybe the goal then is just to get to know them a little bit. Yeah. Where, I mean, right? where did they fair, come from? Yeah, it's a fair goal. Yeah. That way you're not like, ah, gosh, I didn't have a, I didn't make a best friend this Sunday. Right. I failed. No, it's like you had a plan, you executed yep. the plan, and maybe you didn't get the results you wanted, but at least you had a plan. Yeah. Well, we're, we need to have one uh, podcast on expectations. Yes. Because th- this is going to come up again, right? If my If my expectation in talking to other people is that they are going to be perfect in their theology, 100% righteous, you know, like-minded, that they're going to they're going to weight their preferences the same way I weight them. You know, and what I mean by that is um, you know, I may I may I may enjoy sports and board games, but the second I think other people should have those same two hobbies as me and weight them the same way I weight them. Sometimes I get disappointed when other people don't Right, they don't have the same interests as I do, mm, yeah. and so rather than having expectations that they're going to be the way that they want that I want them to be, place the expectation on myself of hey, I'm going to love these people no matter what they say or do. Mm. Right, because if I'm if I'm expecting you to be a certain way and you're not that way, it doesn't like there's no the one another's are not hey love one another as long as that person like there's no loophole caveat like hey love them when they're like you yeah i think um you know what comes to mind is you know you're almost inviting people into your life to discover yes uh almost essentially discovering each other getting to know like strengths and weaknesses um, you know, things that you're good at, things that you're not, things that you like, you know, whether it be board games um, or things like that, you know. Um, right. Uh, and that's all part of, that's all part of the one another's, right? It's yes. So what do you say that a person that, you know, well, you know, it doesn't matter for friends. Like the goal is to like minister. Like the, uh, what is what is minister ministering to one another? Is friendship part of it? Does it have to be part of it? Like, or is it like straight? Like, no, the Bible says blah blah blah. I mean, I think just wisdom dictates you will minister to people better if you're friends with them, hmm. right? Because I mean, I can say something. It's so funny. I can say something to you, and later that night. Kyla's making dinner and I say the same thing to her <laughs> and her reaction is vastly different from you. And right. I, and I know like I'm married to the one and you and I've known each other a long time. Right. And so, you know, so the, obviously there's, there's friendship between my wife and I, and between you and me. And even though the one's a little different than the other, mm-hmm. um, right. There, there's because of the way our friendship is, we can say some things to each other that is received in the way that we want it received. <laughs> Even if it's not, even if it wasn't as well thought out with, with the other one, right? Uh, even though I love her. Um, yes. <laughs> right. So, uh, tread lightly, Jason. Yes. Tread lightly. <laughs> um, my wife is always right. Uh, she's usually always right. I was been, in fact, I was trying to think of when she was wrong and I couldn't think of it. Um, yeah. And the moment I questioned my wife's decision-making process, I remember that she chose me. So, uh, <laughs> uh brings me back to reality. So, 
Uh, right. But I think when you're, so when you're friends with somebody, right, they say something and you know them and you go, you know what? I know that didn't come out right. Mm. But when you're not friends with somebody, you don't know if that's really what they think mm-hmm. or if that's like, um, if that was spoken wrong. So, right. When you don't know somebody, you want to give them a lot of benefit of doubt. My, that's my thing. If I don't know anybody, my responsibility on Sunday morning is to get to know people. Mm-hmm. So that there's introvert lesson one hundred and one. Make the conversation about the person you're talking to. Ah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Hey, where where did you grow up? Oh, how did you end up in this town? How did you end right. up in Vegas? Oh, what brought you here? Oh, why did you choose that work? Mm. You know, I mean, ask about them and let them talk, and don't be afraid to answer those same questions if they want to know them from you as well. Mm. Right, and so. That's why I think friendship's so important because once you know somebody's mannerisms, you kind of know, hey, you know what? That's a joke or that's, yeah. oh, that's, you know. Well, I think the core of friendship too, and I, I remember going over this in Proverbs with the kids, the youth group, is that friendship's goal is ultimately pointing the other person to Christ. Right. True friendship at least, right? right. Because true friendship seeks the other's good. Yes. Ultimately. Yes. And, uh, you know, I think that part of that good is enjoying each other's friendship, right? That's There's something healthy about that. There's something that's God-honoring about that. Yes. But ultimately, if you're not leading that person in some way, reflecting the glory of Christ in, in your treatment of them or how you how you carry out your friendship with them or what you're pointing them to, then, um, you know, then would you call that friendship? I don't know. I, I, I question that because yeah. biblically speaking, I mean, heavily in Proverbs, a, f- a friend is someone that points to the wisdom of God right? rather than a fool. You right. Know, lead you to destruction. Well, and I even like what you said because I keep thinking like, why am I distinguishing? Um, why am I looking at a person? I guess I'm asking myself, who is not my friend that I know? Mm. And, and I think really everybody that I've run into more than once, I start to view them as a friend. Yeah. So that even my barista is my friend. That makes perfect sense. Because I want my barista to know Christ. Yeah. But I also love my barista so that, right, I mean, if my barista, if I found out tomorrow my barista was in jail, I would probably go visit him. That, that's helpful because if you, are, if you already, if your presupposition is that person's an enemy. Right. You're going to treat them differently. Right. When I look at the life of Christ, you know, he, um, I mean, I mean, barring the, the Pharisees, I mean, mm-hmm. everyone was his friend. Right. He treated everyone, you know, prostitutes, tax collectors, everyone that wanted to know him was free game. Yep. And he saved some of the Pharisees after his he ascension. Did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Nicodemus, right? Yeah. And then um, we obviously have those in Acts 15 who are mm-hmm. saved. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, and here's a guy who legitimately could say, nobody measures up to me, mm-hmm. you know, and yet that's not our Savior's approach to any of them. He, lo- he loves them with a genuine care for them, even if, whether they're like-minded or not. Ah, so the cashier, yes. the barista, the server, all these people, like, we're not, we're, we're called in a sense to be kind. Yes. So it's the same thing for church, right? Hey, I'm going to run into people, engage them. Yes. And then if you know people, right? So, and then, right, you're building a relationship. So it's a little different when you do know people and you're going to church on Sunday or you're going to the gathering with the body. That could be midweek. You, you, you should apply this to every gathering with the church and you should try to be a part of more than one, by the way. A little plug for other things. But, uh, right, when you show up, 
you're going to see people that you see on a regular basis. And so at that point, my goal is to get caught up with how things are going with them. How are you doing? How is life? How are things going? You know, and sometimes, you know, specific in their life and follow up. Hey, how, how did your, how did your, you know, company review go? Mm. Hey, how was your family's vacation? You know, Hey, how, how, how'd your kid handle that trial? You know, how were sports yesterday for your family? You know, I mean, you're trying at some point you're trying to do life with them. Yeah. And so, Um, yeah, I I would even say like, you know, at least what I learned in seminary, uh, one of the things that, that was pressed is that ministry is people. Yes. So, you know, going back to the theme of being a churchman, it it really is doing ministry. Yes. Um, And then for the guys that want to be leaders at church and actually we're all called to be leaders. Yes. All called to be disciple makers, maybe not in a formal office, but we're all called to the character and work, right? Yes. Of a disciple maker. Yes. At different levels, but same essence. Yes. Yes. And you're serving. That's, you, yes, because you start to think like, ministry, if you start to think of ministry as only communicating theological truth. Right? Teaching. Teaching. Like formal teaching. Yes. Then you're missing the boat of ministry. Mm. That is one aspect. Mm-hmm. Right. And I mean, to weep with those who weep, it doesn't, you know, he doesn't say, hey, preach a sermon to those who are weeping. Right. So how do you get to a point to where you're generally weeping with those who weep? And the reality is, you know them and you're generally crying and frustrated because of what brought them to tears. Right. You know, uh, it's easy to sympathize with the mom who just lost her child. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is harder to sympathize with the one who's weeping for some personal reason mm-hmm. that may be okay to weep over and you're weeping with them over, you know, maybe they lost their cat. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, you're like, it's a cat. But on the other hand, because you love that person so much, their weeping has brought you to, wow, you know what? I'm sad that my friend is sad. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You care for, you care for how they feel. Yes, exactly. Like feelings don't just go out the door. Right. It matters. Yeah. And, and even though I may not be a cat guy, yeah. I can certainly appreciate and realize that for some people, man, that's hard. You lost your friend that came up and, and encouraged you by laying in your lap, you know, or, or whatever, you know, yeah. I mean, my dog, I love my dog. I would cry if my dog died, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe de-spiritualize ministry a little bit in your head mm. and, and don't be so afraid to call friendship ministry. Yeah. Uh, and on the flip side, obviously, I can hear the the person out there going, "Well, you still got to speak truth." Of course, you got to speak truth. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not saying hold back. Yeah. When when did friendship not include truth? Right. Exactly. Friendship does include truth. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, if you include truth and wisdom, yes. I mean, it's not it's not always it's not just truth. It's truth packaged in wisdom. I think. Yes. Right. Yeah. I mean, what kind of friend would you have if your friend never communicated the truth to you? Mm-hmm. You don't have a friend. Yeah. In fact, you should be scared of that person. Yeah, or a friend who's just, I mean, you know. I mean, even if he was rough around the edges, you know, and you, but he was your friend, you could receive it better. Yes. Because you knew he cared about you. Yes. So. Yeah. And he may, yeah. He may not know how to package what he's saying in a, in a tactful way. But better to hear a non-tactful rebuke from a friend. Mm-hmm. Right. Then not hear it at all. Right. Yeah. 
They almost want to say, hey, thank you for loving me. Yes. Okay. So, all right. How do I prepare for corporate worship? I think the whole point is you need to be prepared. Yep. Yep. You got to take time out of your schedule. You got to be prepared. Uh, man, some little things you can do to lead your family, right? Wake up early on Sunday morning. Go to bed early on Saturday night. So you wake up with um, energy. Energy. <laughs> Uh, make, make your family some, make your family breakfast, right? If, if getting out the door on time is hard, then you got to look at, you have to, you have to look back as the Monday morning quarterback and say, Hey, what is preventing us from leaving on time and solve those problems? Yep. You know, maybe make life a little less complicated. Uh, go to bed earlier Saturday night, stay up late Friday night, sleep in Saturday, Mm. go to bed early Saturday night, wake up Sunday morning, uh, you know, if breakfast is the issue, men wake up at 5 a.m. and cook your family breakfast. Take an afternoon By nap the way, on uh, Sunday. Well, part of our ministry on Sunday is to serve great coffee. Yes, amen. There's a reason why we want good coffee on Sunday. Exactly. Right? It's it's because we know Sunday's tough. Yes. We know Sunday morning stuff. You have a family. Hey, look, I have, I have five kids. Yes. And we're, you know, the thing, the only thing I could do to get them fed in the morning is give them a banana and a bar. Right. You know? It's the, it's the most realistic thing I can do. Right. And we're out the door, you know, and it's, it, every Sunday is, oh, it's always going to be some kind of struggle. Yes. But, um, um, but the, there's a goal and there's an expectation and, you know, trying to figure out ways to always do it better. Yeah. It's never yeah. perfect though. Even my, I mean, even your kids get older that they get, you're better? shocked. Well, yeah. Holier? <laughs> uh, hold on. Let me see who's in the room with this. <laughs> Uh, I cannot address that at this point, uh, but I think the reality is that the challenges always get different. Yes. And so Uh, you have to rise to those challenges. And sometimes you have to look at your kids and say, you've been doing this for 10, 10, 13, 14, 15 years. He who has ear, let him hear. And you have to say it doesn't change, Mm. you know? And so if you got to make your family breakfast, make them breakfast. If they need to set aside their church clothes the night before, set aside their church clothes. If you need, if you know, if if mom wants to dress them up nice, then she's got to get them nice clothes the day before. Yep. <laughs> yep. All washed and ready to go. Yep. Every one of those outfits she tries on looks great. Yes, exactly. Um, and you ah, know so what? that's what I've been doing wrong. Yes. <laughs> How did this look? Um, uh, never say um. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Never say um. Sometimes the first answer is the right answer. Yes. Oh, that one? That one looks great. <laughs> uh, but 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 even I can appreciate the desire to make sure that you have the right clothing and that you look good. Of course. Uh, but maybe help encourage your wife to start that process a little earlier if that's the case. Right? Yes. And sometimes maybe you got to take your wife out for coffee and say, hey, the goal here is to do these things. Mm-hmm. Right? And that that's that's part of the man's communicate what it means to be prepared and game plan with your wife and listen to her. Right. Yeah. It's, it's team effort, right? Yeah. It's like, Hey, okay, you want this, then this is what we're going to need to do. Yep. Okay. So this is what I can do. Yep. So let's work with what we have, what we can do. Yep. And let's get the, let's, let's, you know, let's get the, let's get it done together. Yep. Right? Yeah. That's one of the reasons why I like to take Kyla out to lunch after church on Sunday is because I know she's thinking about that. But she doesn't have to think about that. So I can take her out. It's my way of serving her. It's my way of treating her. Of course, there are times where I'm like, man, that I wish I could use that money for something else in our budget. Mm-hmm. But it's a ministry to her too. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, listen, 
So that that was good for uh, this podcast. We we have so much more that this podcast brought up that we need to address. Uh, for those of you listening at 1.5 speed or 1.75 speed, uh, you can get this guy in under 20 minutes and listen again uh, if you need to. Uh, but if you have questions or comments that, that come up in these podcasts, please email us and let us know uh, or text us and let us know. And we will, we will file those and we will get answers going. But it is our desire to serve you as churchmen. We have not answered every question. Nope. And we're trying to lay a foundation. Yeah. I think, um, you know, a lot of this is me directed to being a churchman. Yes. Um, that doesn't in- exclude the ladies, right? Right. Oh, if you, yeah, churchmen in the classic sense of we are all men, not churchmen in only male, male. gender. Right, right. Yes. Non-gendered churchmen. Yes. All uh, genders included. We we want we want all two genders included. <laughs> all two of them. Yeah. yeah. We 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 are not a non-binary churchman. I should be careful. I'll get in trouble for joking. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, the Lord be with you. And uh, should we be able to serve you? That is why we're here. And we love you, Cornerstone. And yes, if we do. these podcasts serve your friends in other churches, do not hesitate to, to uh, pass them along. Do not hesitate to share them. Uh, if you are not a member of Cornerstone and you are a member of some other church listening, uh, we just want you to know that we want you to be a churchman of your church. Correct. And so anything we say that goes against your elders, uh, we want you to defer to your elders and not to us. Uh, And so, um, yes, we want you to be good churchmen of your local church. And so we do not want to in any way uh, create any kind of divisiveness. We want to encourage you in your walk with Christ and your own local church. So I think so far everything we've said, uh, every pastor would appreciate, right? I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're a pastor and you heard this, uh, how much do I owe you? And, (laughs) uh, and we said something that would make life difficult for your congregation. Uh, please, um, let me know because we, we definitely, Uh, I always think of even on the park and space blog, it is my, if, if I could die knowing I helped somebody else have a stronger relationship with their local church, I would be tickled pink. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's a team effort for this Valley or any, anywhere else. Yes. Yep. We, we want good churchmen all over the globe. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Well, we love you guys and we thank you and we look forward to the next time. Have a good day. Have a good day.